G'day humans, what's a good boy? Chris Bundy here with Alex for another edition of Wrestling All Style. Alex, how you going, mate? I'm doing wonderfully, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Getting ever closer to our um, and Best of Year awards. Yeah, huge, mate. Can't believe it's, well, it's pr- basically been a year now, hasn't it? Um, Technically? Yeah, you're right, because we did record before the Rumble. Yeah. Unof- unofficially a year. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe that was a year ago. Although uh, we did go like two months without uploading. <laughs> yeah, that that's true too, because that, of everything that happened. That was a crazy summer. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't think any of us were prepared for how worse it was going to get. No, no, it literally feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well. But from there, I suppose we should talk uh, more recent events. Uh, with the wrap uh, this week, did you happen to catch Impact? Because I didn't catch it live. I did watch it. Um, Anything stand out from Impact? Yeah. Uh, so Impact sort of kicked off with a segment, uh, the Good Brothers, and they're like, oh, there's no one left to challenge us. Rati, rada, ra. And then out comes Chris Sabin, and he's like, oh, Alex Shelley's hurt, but that doesn't mean I don't have a tag partner. I've got a tag team specialist to help me out. And out came, speaking of killer queens, James Storm. Ooh, that's a good pickup. <laughs> yeah, so he came out, and they're like, oh, yeah, the beer guns are back together, and the beer guns are going to go for the... Impact tag titles, and they get interrupted by the music of Matt Hardy and Private Party. Yeah, I did see uh, photos of this going around, but what? (laughs) Yeah, that blew my mind. And they came out, and it, it was set for the main event. The Big Guns, James Storm and Chris Saban versus private party the winners would be number one contenders for the impact tag titles uh before the match we see like the paid for advertisement for AEW with tony shivani and tony shivani's in the AEW control center or whatever and he throws to tony khan tony khan's talking about how he's going to be keeping a close eye on tonight's main event and he's uh, and he's got Jerry Lynn by his side, and he's like, and Jerry Lynn's just basically playing like a a stooge, like a Pat Patterson or a Gerald Briscoe style stooge to Tony <laughs> Khan. Yeah. And it's just like nodding and like smiling at everything Tony Khan says. And Tony Khan just goes, Yeah, I'll be keeping a really close eye on tonight's main event. And then he sort of walks away from the black background that they have and they zoom out and you realise that he's actually in the impact zone. Oh. So Tony Khan, Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn were front row for the Impact Bane event, which private party became the number one contenders for the Impact World Tag Titles after Jerry Lynn sort of interfered and, like, distracted... I think it was James Storm and Private Party got the win. Jerry Lynn. 
Jerry Lynn. <laughs> um, jeez. Um, oh, there there was another this, thing. Just quickly, this whole booking of AEW over Impact again. It's uh, I don't know where this is leading, but this is uh, very TNA of old days. Yeah. Um. Someone like. On another podcast, I think it was RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. I've been on it. Go back, check it out. Um, yeah, like they were saying, to be fair, Impact should be letting AEW win because what the hell is AEW getting out of this working arrangement? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what the long term goal here is um anyway I, said I, don't, was... I don't think like private party's gonna beat the good brothers for the tag titles it would make no sense yeah but um you said there was something else as well yeah so at hard to kill they teased that uh maybe larry d didn't shoot johnny bravo and they've revealed that it was Ty of Valkyrie all along. Oh, son of a bitch. It was me, Ty. No. It was me, Johnny. It was me all along. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, and she gets arrested, and Tommy Dreamer's just like, yeah, she's. The, we're probably not going to see her for a while. And it was like Johnny Bravo asked Tommy, like, Oh, where's she going to go? And um, Tommy Dreamer says, well, there's two options. She's either going to go to Jacksonville uh, Jacksonville State Penitentiary. Uh, there's a good chance we might get to see her again if she stays there, and she might be a bit happier. But there's also the chance she might go to Stanford Maximum Security Prison Uh for two years with an option of a third and and yeah that will do a number on her mental health <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much winking and nod like yeah ty valkyrie's done with the company and that's been the report since is that ty is done with impact they get gave her one last hurrah in the impact uh knockouts title match on pay-per-view and then sent her off at the following impact. Ah, yeah, very good. Um, I suppose, yeah, there's a lot of free agents at the moment, and you'd sort of want to be North American-based, like um, from the States or living in the States, as uh, Ty's case might be. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I always forget she's Canadian, yeah. She can get back into Canada. It's just once she's there, she can't get back into the U.S., no, and I think the fact that she she's married to an American and uh, fully lives in America now. Oh, sorry, in Slamtown now. Um, yeah, she should be right. She should already ha- like almost be like a dual citizen. Almost, I would assume. Yeah, the way the North American, uh, not the North American, but the U.S. citizenship works. I'm pretty sure you have to admit denounce your citizenship of your country of birth yeah see i've been listening to um 
Renee Paquette, the former Renee Young's podcast, and she was talking about how she's applying for a dual citizenship. Um, so I thought, like, maybe Tyre might be trying to do the same thing. I would assume she's in the States full-time with old Johnny Mundo. <laughs> the mayor of Slamtown. Keep going yeah. for all these ones that he listed on Survivor. We'll be here for five minutes. <laughs> oh, man. The the Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, John Morrison, like, blindside in Survivor is, like, one of the best things ever. It was like, I'm, I'm saving this person from being voted out. Okay, well, I'll save this person for voting out. Oh, that's all right. Because you, you're clearly going to vote for that person. No, nah, it was John Morrison. <laughs> and he did not see it coming. It was the best blindside. Oh, check it out if you're a Survivor fan. Still not the best John Survivor moment involving wrestling. <laughs> no, uh, my, my grandmother's sitting on the couch at home right now watching Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, former wow, impact that stars. <laughs> that went off the rails real quick, and we're one show into the rap. Jeez, uh, hey, <laughs> it's typical of impact. They go off the rails. Yeah, oh, exactly. if you're uh, the killer queen himself, you're pushing people onto the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, like even like in the past, we've had Mickey James get hit by a, a train. We had like. LAX uh, run over a child in a car. Oh, God, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Luchasaurus had his throat slit on impact. Uh, Pentagon or Phoenix, one of them got murdered. Um, then we've had Ethan Page had his heart ripped out and Ty Valkyrie's gone to prison for murder. <laughs> Plus all the uh, stuff with the undead realm in the past year. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there was Ali. She got stabbed as well. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Ali being there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of people who used to work for uh, Impact, maybe some of them are on NXT tonight. So we go to NXT 433. Uh, kicks off with a Dusty Rhodes tag team classic first round match where Kushida and Leon Ruff defeated the way that's Austin Fearing Johnny Gargano. Killian Cross with Scarlet defeated Ashante Adonis with Desmond Troy. Another Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic first round match. The Lucha House Party, Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado defeat Imperium, Fabia Eichner and Marcel Bartel because they're still in North America. I don't know why. I think Imperium, except for Walter, is all in America now. Because oh, Alexander... No. Alexander Wolf showed up at the end of this match. I did too. Um, <laughs> a women's Dusty Roads. Why did they call it Dusty Roads? Why didn't they call it Sapphire? <laughs> no, not Sapphire. <laughs> um, like the team everyone goes on about in WWF history, Jumping Bond Angels, or uh, because they don't exist because not American. <laughs> okay, what about um? Oh, no, you can't use that because she got cancelled. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, the fact that you're struggling might be the reason why they just went, oh, they can just both be the Dusty Rhodes tag classic. 
Yeah, I thought. Uh, I, th- yeah. I think it's also sort of um, in tribute to like, because all the four horsewomen sort of take credit to Dusty and NXT, like give credit to Dusty and NXT for really taking an interest in building the women's division. Yeah, him and uh, Finley seem to be the two they always yeah. credit. Um, yeah. So the women's uh, tag team classic, Casey Kanzara and Caden Carter defeat Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. A singles match where Bronson Reed defeated Tyler Russ, who had Malcolm Bivens in his corner. And then the main event, the fight pit match where Timothy Thatcher defeated Tommaso Ciampa in about 15 minutes. Man, um, that... that match that fight pit match i thought that was like 25 minutes in the best possible way just because so much happened in it but oh it was only 15 that's blown my mind a little bit yeah um anything to say about the tag team matches this week uh the way losing was very very surprising yeah i don't i don't know what the hell they're doing there and kushida and leon ruff aren't exactly big names at the moment. Kushida's just sort of floating around there doing nothing. Yeah, Kushida's sort of been consistently on TV winning matches, but, like, nothing of any significance either. It feels like they've got Kushida on hold for something. Mm. Uh, Killian Cross is back, winning again. Um, Carrion. What did I say? Killian. It's you because... do this every week, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, maybe I missed it when I went up to get a drink, but um, have they announced anything to do with the championship yet? Like, is Finn coming back, or is he out long-term? Or No, it seems like they're going to do something of Finn feuding with, like, the McAfee bunch. Oh, because that'll put all the butts in the seats. Uh, that's all right. Um, yeah, I just don't care about Finn Bloody Balor at the moment. Yeah. Um, just give us Finn versus Kushida for the NXT title in a main event. That would be amazing. Thank you. I really want to say it. The two former students of Taguchi. Exactly. Uh, what the about Gucci powers explode? <laughs> <laughs> and their funky weapon. <laughs> their funky weapon. What does that even mean? Oh, man. Um, what do you think of the fight pit match? I really enjoyed this one. Oh, I love it. It's um, it's such a good gimmick. It's such a great visual. I think they should do as many of them as they can before they start bringing in crowds because I can't imagine being able to do the fight pit in your regulation sort of arena. Yeah, I, I don't know how they could sort of do that. Um, I will say, after watching this, I felt this match was undone somewhat in hindsight as soon as I got online Saturday and saw posts for 205 Live featuring the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic match of Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa defeating Aria Davari and Tony Nese. Uh, it sort of makes sense to me because they sort of gave each other a nod of respect afterwards. The biggest problem was they released a video on Twitter 
that basically set up the, them teaming up. And it was a really good video. It was like basically turning Timothy Thatcher babyface and Tommaso Ciampa being like, you're a bit of a bastard, but you're tough as nails and there's a spot open in the Dusty Cup. Let's go for it. What do you think? And Timothy Thatcher just sort of nods his head and walks away. That would have been good if you shown that video, like either before this match or just did that angle straight after the fight pit. Yeah, I think if they had held a week off, I wouldn't be so down on it. The fact you held off for two days and yeah. then had them team, it just, you, you're sort of having a blood feud match and then you're teaming the next uh, TV sort of thing. Now, because you're more a uh, classic nwa wcw guy was there ever a case of a war games because that's like a big cage blood feud match where two guys were on opposing forces and within a week were on the same team um the only technicality answer i can give you is kurt hennig because he was part of the horseman team and then turned on the horseman team in the match to join the nwo but (laughs) And, which, by the way, I completely stole that angle on my War Games pay-per-view on Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. New episode coming soon. <laughs> Cheap pop. Um, I just did the McFoley thumbs up. I just re- <laughs> remembered that we're, we do an audio podcast. No one can see me. Thank God. But, um, <laughs> geez, I'm, I'm full of it today. Um, yeah, like, it's never really happened. No, like... Yeah, the closest thing was the Kurt Hennig swerve, but yeah. Yeah, and the the only other one I can think of is the WWE, when all the women were in uh, separate teams, and then the next night at um, Survivor Series were on the same NXT team. Yeah, yeah. I think this one sort of would make a little bit more sense. Like, Like, if they just... Gave it a bit of time to breathe. Like, this did yeah. not need to be thrown away on a random 205 Live. Yeah. Um, thumb sideways, NXT. I thought you did good this week. Yeah, I'm going to give them a thumbs up just because of the curve I'm grading them on and they've been pretty trash lately. So I'll give them a sympathy thumbs up. And we got Bronson Reed going over, so that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree there too. But, I think... but we had Tony lose on 205 Live, so... Well, well, uh, Tony Storm's actually from New Zealand, so uh, that, that's fine. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the main point is, I think if I had given a bit more time post-Thatcher v. Chumper fight pit, I'd say thumbs up. The fact you did it within two days on your E or F grade show, <laughs> thumbs up. Thumb sideways. Uh, from yeah, there. and that's with no disrespect to any F-grade shows out there. Didn't mean to throw you down like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you have time to light the fuse? Yes. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Dynamite number 69 from Daly's Place because that's where everything is now, apparently. <laughs> Florida. Yeah, and that's fine, I guess. Like, it's better than the Thunderdome. Oh, better than the CWC. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, kicks off with an eight-man tag team match. Hangman Page, Dark Order, Reynolds, Cabana, and Silver defeat Chaos Project, Luther and Sampanico, and the Hybrid 2, and Helico and Jack Evans. A singles match where Cody with Arn Anderson defeated Peter Avalon in almost 10 minutes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is this Peter Avalon's first Dynamite singles match? Uh, he's had one before. He, like, got beat by Moxley in, like, 20 seconds one week. But, okay. But that was, like, well over a year ago. Uh, John Moxley defeated Nick Com- Comoroto. Nick Comoroto by referee's decision. A six-man tag team match where Matt Hardy and Private Party... Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn defeated Matt Seidel and Top Flight. Um, following that, a singles match where Penelope Ford, who had Chuck Taylor, Kip mm-hmm. Sabian. Charles Taylor, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> Kip Sabian and Miro in her corner defeated Layla Hirsch. Uh, and in the main event, a three-way tag team match, Inner Circle members Jericho and MJF with Wardlow ringside defeated uh, inner Circle members Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara and the Inner Circle members Ortiz and Santana. Uh, take it away, Alex. Yeah, uh, first of all, Nick Comoroto or Comoroto, I don't know. Um, Side him up. He's huge. He's beefy. He's a horse. He's got hair everywhere. He kind of looks like Bruiser Brody a little bit. Like, Mix between Bruiser Brody and Hercules Hernandez from the 80s WWF, if anyone knows what I'm on about. I but, thought you were going to say Giant Gonzalez there. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, th- that dude has quite the look. And, yeah, I, I want to see more of him. Um, this was a very, like, storyline-driven episode. Like... The matches were all right, but, like, everything was more about, like, trying to push storylines forward a little bit. Um, like, you got to see, like, that weird segment with, at Kenny Omega's house with Don Callis and the Young Bucks and the oil paintings on the wall of Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Did you spot that? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, um... That's a bit of a jab at Vince McMahon, who has a shirtless oil painting of himself in his living room. Well, if I was 82 and looked the way Vince does, I probably would too. (laughs) Exactly, right? I'd probably never wear a shirt. (laughs) Um, This Cody match, I know you're a big fan of Cody and you're a big fan of Peter Avalon and this Mm. new Peter Avalon character. Mm. To me, this match sucked. It did not need to go nearly 10 minutes. No disagreements here, mate. Yeah, that was silly. The worst bit is they had that Jade Cargill, like, play her music and she comes out, stares down the ramp and leaves sort of spot. And Pete Avalon gets the roll up. But Cody kicks out. And that was like two minutes into this nine-minute match. It went like another seven minutes after that interference spot, which basically made the interference spot completely forgettable and made Co- 
like Peter Avalon seemed like more of an idiot that he couldn't win without the that he couldn't even win with the interference and it made Cody look like a massive idiot because he can't be goddamn Peter Avalon. <laughs> yeah, th- this sucked. Yeah. <laughs> There's no nice way of putting it. It just it sucked. Yeah, it brought down everyone involved in the match. Yeah. Uh, it was detrimental. Um anything else quickly? Yeah, can we not have Luther on television? Thanks. <laughs> He's Jericho's mate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of fat out of shape old wrestlers. Uh Jericho, how's that lion salt going for you, mate? <laughs> See that? Jesus. He can probably still get up more than me. No, yeah, that, that's for sure. But Jesus, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't think you're a spot monkey. I don't. Th- I can't picture you um, doing the flips and the flops. You seem like more of a ground technician to me, mate. Yeah, yeah. Even though I do appreciate that style a lot more, <laughs> I'd drop someone if I was trying to do that. So no, <laughs> no, but. But on Dynamite, Jericho almost snapped his neck in half doing the lion salt. And there was a couple of times where, yeah, once again, he just looks completely out of breath, like really quickly into the match. Um, I get, what would, uh, I get it. What would uh, Scott Steiner say? He's fat! Healing <laughs> 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 oh. from Dunkin' Donuts! Living in the great state of obesity. Ha! I don't like you, demo god. Ha! <laughs> uh, man. Um, yeah, bit of uh, dissension. Yeah. Um, I, I do understand that they have to do... They had to have Jericho and MJF win that. But also... W- Santana and Ortiz are the only real tag team in that stable, and they never win a important match ever. They never um, win a tag match, and they're no, the only they, tag team in there. Yeah, they never win a important tag match on Dynamite. Like they lose to the best friends, they lost to the Bucks a few times. Like they just when they joined the company, they seemed like a hotter tag team coming off Impact Television. And that was like probably the lowest time for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, um, I could probably say the same thing about the Lucha Brothers. To be fair, yeah, that's true too. Um, I say thumbs sideways this week. Yeah, I'd say thumbs in the middle for me as well. Um, there's things I liked. There's things I didn't. Um, John Moxley's promo was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I liked the Brady Lee Jr. But, um, minus one's birthday celebration stuff. That was good fun. I also really enjoyed that post-match angle where, where John Silver gets all nervous asking Hangman to if he would join the Dark Order and Hangman says no and then all, all the pyro and the streamers go off and it's... <laughs> And this Titan Tron or the Tony Tron says, um, he said yes all over it. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was great. But yeah, that there was its moments. So that's why I say thumbs in the middle. The matches kind of sucked, though. Yeah, I think that Cody match just 
<laughs> really put a dampener on the rest of the night. Um, yeah, thumb sideways. From there, a Samakov down, kind sir. From the Thunderdome. <laughs> Gosh. Um, now, both of us listen to a little of our post-wrestling up next sort of guys. Um, are you familiar with one of their friends, a Mr. See No Evil? Yes. Yes, I'm somewhat familiar. I haven't listened to too much of his stuff, but I've listened a little bit. Um. He was on Thunderdome once. I think he's been back in there. Like, they reused his image a few times since, including on the UK broadcast. Yeah, on the UK one, um, 205 Live has been on it. Yeah. Would there's, you? Um, there's a chick that's a friend of the RBR wrestling podcast who occasionally guest stars on it. Her name's jesse davins and she and she's been on um she was on nxt in the cwc crowd whilst she was actually in jacksonville in daly's place watching dynamite live <laughs> oh she's on twitter yeah 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 Jessie, i think we both follow her. yeah yeah she had she has some pretty good wholesome takes yeah, not like us. <laughs> no, no. no uh, uh, she posts videos, like, whenever, like, someone's surprised, like, someone shows up out of the blue unexpected, she always posts reactions to it, and I just think it's the best. Yeah. Uh, man. So from there, we go on to matches for SmackDown. Uh, non-title tag team match for the Women's Tag Team Championships and not on the line. But has Oscar and Charlotte, the champions, defeating the Right to Tit squad members Liv Morgan and Ruby Right to Tit with Billy Kay in their corner. A singles match where Cesaro defeats Dolph Ziggler. A non title match where Sasha Banks defeats Reginald with, Carmel- uh, with Carmella ringside. Co main event, the Intercontinental Championship match was on the line when Apollo Crews defeated Big E. Fire DQ, so Big E retains there. And in your main event, it is King Corbin defeating Dominic Mysterio in two minutes. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, as the as my state's premier says, in the top twenty of the hottest one hundred this year, I wasn't watching SmackDown. I got on the beers on Saturday, so I did not see this episode. Um, I saw clips of it. I did watch the full Reginald Sasha Banks match just out of curiosity to see how they would handle doing intergender, and it was exactly what I thought it would be. It was bad. It was just Sasha Banks doing moves and Reginald getting no offense on. Um, like, because we're going to be talking PWA as well shortly, which, um, in Australia, it's very, um, intergendered there, um, where there's no gender divisions for, um, championships. But yeah, watching this, because in Australia, we do watch a lot of, um, intergender wrestling. It is very jarring to see this, isn't it? Yeah, it's unreal. It's, um, it's a tough watch. Yeah. Um, did you see the clip I might 
be getting my weeks mixed up here because I've been working a lot still. Um, I believe it was Bianca Belair carrying around Otis. Yes. The obstacle course segment. I did check a bit of that out too. Um, um, very yeah. impressive, to be honest. Yes, um, I thought it was fun, but man, how far has Otis fallen? Dude, it was like the most over dude, like heading into the pandemic era. It was like the highlight of Friday Night SmackDown every week. Like the crowds were eating him up. WrestleMania, like one of the biggest moments on one of the nights was like Otis beating Dolph Ziggler and finally getting to kiss the girl, you know? And he follows that up, wins money in the bank, and it's just all downhill from there. Yeah. Um, I don't have extensive notes on this. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was sort of a thumbs in the middle week of SmackDown, you chose a good week to skip and uh, get on the beers, get on the beers, as your premier <laughs> would say. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, fun sideways, most of the SmackDown weeks have been good. Um, to come out of that Bianca Belair carrying around Otis, there's a photo, and it's like has Bianca Belair's face of um, with the SmackDown logo, and then Otis, it just has all the other WWE TV on him. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, um, the bits I've I've seen from SmackDown, it seemed like fairly up and down. Like some of it seemed good, some of it seemed bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, so from there we'll go over to Raw. Do you have time for WWE Raw? No, but let's talk about it. Holy <laughs> cow! Okay, a singles match where Shayna Baszler with Nia Jax, uh, sorry, a singles match where Charlotte Flair defeated Shayna Baszler with Nia Jax via DQ, which led to the six-woman tag team match of Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Lacey Evans defeating the team of Charlotte Flair, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose. Xavier Woods defeated Slapman with Retribution in his corner and then got promptly beat down by the entire Retribution for it. The Miz and Morrison defeated Sheamus in a two-on-one match. AJ Styles defeated R-Truth in a match that went way longer than it should have. Matt Riddle in a gauntlet match series defeated Shelton Benjamin, then MVP, then Cedric Alexander, then got laid down the ramp flight by Bobby Lashley in a suit. And to close the show for the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka vs. Alexa Bliss ended in a no contest or... Alexa lost. I'm not entirely sure what the hell this was, but something happened, and I think Asuka retained. <laughs> Alex? Yeah. Remember what we were saying on SmackDown about how they did an inter intergender match trying their hardest not to show a man beating up a woman? Forget all that. <laughs> Forget all about that, because Randy Orton RKO'd Alexa Bliss with, like, strawberry jam smeared all over his face. That's just strawberry jam coming out of his ears. Yeah. <laughs> Should I poke Todd with a sharp knife like the mouse did? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, holy cow, did this main event suck. 
like oh man, like the, they magically teleported a rocking horse in and out of the match at one point. Like, what the hell was that? And she transformed back into normal Alexa Bliss, but then transformed back, and there was Sin Cara lighting. And what the hell is going on? The worst bit is, like, they try to make it seem like, oh, yeah, this, like, transformation of Alexa Bliss is, like, her version of The Fiend. But all it is is she's wearing a black dress and has, like, slightly darker eyeliner on. It doesn't even look that different. Yeah. It's it's a bit odd. Um... Put, a, put a mask on her. Do something crazy with it. Give her some face paint, like... Make her look like she's actually a monster because at the moment it just looks like Alexa Bliss is no selling like Oscar's stuff and no. Oh reason. god. Did you see the hard camera angle towards the end of the match and she's just like Terminator pulling her like forearms up going Yeah. Yeah, it's just Oh bad. man. That's bad. Uh, um, there was one and I repeat, only one good thing on Raw worth checking out. And even then, I have my criticisms. Was it a match or was it a backstage thing? It was a promo. Okay, go ahead, sir. Um, Edge's promo, talking about him getting injured and, like, coming back and how he's, how, like, he went to bed after WrestleMania 27, the world heavyweight champion, he woke up the next morning and got told he couldn't wrestle ever again. And he fought nine years to get back into a ring. And he was finally on his path to get back to the world title he never lost. And then Randy Orton took it away from him and he got injured again. Like, this promo was incredible. And then he announces, he declares himself into the Royal Rumble match. My question is, did they need to announce Edge was going to be in the Rumble? Probably not, but then again, who else do you have in the Rumble at this point? Yeah, there is a bit of a lack of star power, That that's very true. You got, like, Daniel Bryan and that's, like, and Randy Orton. They're, like, the biggest names in it this year. Um, I just feel like they kind of spoiled a good surprise, but you also bring up the star power thing, so maybe it does make sense. I liked this promo. I thought it suffered for me with all the added background crowd noise. I thought this would have been a lot more impactful with no crowd noise, maybe some music, maybe no music. I thought it would have been better. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, oh my god, what the hell are they doing with Charlotte and Rick? Oh god, yeah. Um, it's very uncomfortable. The worst bit is, this is to try and baby face Charlotte, but, like, Charlotte's the most unlikable baby face in all of wrestling. Charlotte is is more so Randy Orton than she is Ric Flair. Like, Randy Orton is the most despicable baby face when he tries to be baby face. It just comes across so disingenuous. 
Charlotte's the exact same thing for me. Yeah, I thought, I thought, oh, is Charlotte turning heel here when she's running down her dad? I'm like, oh, wait, no, she's not. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, it's just so bad. And, like, what's the end game here? What's the um... end game here? Like, I've to ask these about all these angles all the time. I just got to try to think, like, what's the end game? What do they think they're getting out of this? A Charlotte Lacey Evans pay-per-view match? Yeah, and then what with Ric Flair? Like, Ric Flair cost Lacey Evans and it was a ruse all along? Or, or what? Like, it's just, there's no positive coming out of this feud, to be honest. Nothing interesting can come out of it. And let's not look past the fact that like we've seen Lacey Evans and Charlotte in the ring together before and they have horrible chemistry. And yeah. to be perfectly honest with you, Charlotte's been fairly like fairly bad in the ring since she got back. There's like a whole timing issue. Like have a look at the tag match on SmackDown against the Riot Squad. Like that was horrible. Like, Ruby Riot's, like, waiting in the corner for Charlotte to run at her for a good 20 seconds, and Charlotte just didn't come. Um, it was... There's just something off about Charlotte since she came back. Yeah, yeah, I could agree with that. I hated Raw. This sucked, including Retribution. Like, does anyone take these guys seriously? Xavier Woods didn't. He was sitting there mocking them. It's only because... Um, other guy ran around the corner and like kicked his head off that they managed yeah. to get him because he didn't run up the ramp when he had the chance. Yeah, I will say though, like, yeah, Retribution's horrible, but I really enjoy where they're going with the Ali storyline. Like, it um, all makes sense. The only way they have to go is up. Like, I enjoy the stuff the storyline. I enjoy Ali's promos. Um, like, it all makes sense. Like, Kofi Kingston replaced an injured Mustafa Ali in an elimination chamber, which pretty much led to Kofi Kingston winning the title at WrestleMania. So they want to do the same sort of thing to the New Day, get their revenge for Ali. It all makes sense. It's all great. It's just... It's all great on paper. It's just, you guys have just ruined these guys over the past six months. And think about, like, how much more impressive it would have been if, like, how much more into this storyline you would be if it was a faction that was just Mustafa Ali, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, Shane Thorne, Mia Yim, Dio Madden just as regular human beings without the stupid Bane cosplay. Like, without the goddamn cosplay, goddamn! Um, yeah, like, this would be so much better if they were actually real humans instead of these, like, Dark Knight villains. He wrestles with the goddamn mask on. Yeah. Oh. 
Although I can appreciate people wearing their masks in 2021. But, (laughs) but, man, it's just goofy. It's just, it's so goofy. It would be so much better if they were just normal people. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it would be. Um, Now, breaking today, WWE Network is moving to Peacock. What will this mean for the network in Australia? Uh, nothing. It'll be business as usual. So it's pretty much just the US is moving to a model like Canada with Rogers, I think it is? Yes. So th- this only affects America, thank God. America! Yeah, America! Um, so I've seen like some videos online like demonstrating why this is a bad move for the WWE or like why it's a bad move for the subscribers. Um, There was this demonstration, like, you can go onto the WWE Network, and if you want to find every Lash LaRue match on the WWE Network, you just simply type in Lash LaRue into your network, and it'll pop up with every single match he's had that's on the network. Why Lash LaRue? Just to prove to the... Prove the point that you can search up a really like obscure, obscure obscure wrestler that not too many people know about. It's not that impressive if you can find like all of the Rock's main event matches. That's true too. Um, um, so but... you can do that in the WWE Network. Search up an obscure character, and then this person shown us the Peacock Network. And the front page had Amy Poehler from Parks and Rec on the front page of the network of the Peacock thing. And then you go into the search engine and you type up Amy Poehler, no results. So you can't even search people up by actor or like you ha- to get the result you want, you have to specifically type in the exact name of the show. So that could be a bit of a hassle for WWE Network subscribers if they're just taking all of their library and putting it on the Peacock thing. It might be a bit harder to find things. Yeah, well, at least we're in the clear at the moment. Yeah, until, um, I don't know, it becomes... Foxtel? Oh, yeah, that's probably more realistic than what I was going to say. Instead of it being... ABC iView featuring the WWE. (laughs) Instead of it being Fox Sports Plus, it'll be Fox Sports Entertainment. (laughs) Yeah. Like how they got Fox Cricket and Fox Footy and Fox League. Oh, man. Oh, that would be terrible. Yep. I mean, it'd be good because it'd be a 24-7 channel, but... It'd be good if we had, like, actual Australian sports journalists covering WWE. Oh, what's-his-name goes over? Or he did go over the other year when the Iconics won. Did MCW as well. Seb... Seb um, Costello. Costello. Yeah. Oh, it'd just be funny to have, like, I don't know. Adam Gilchrist on Fox Sports talking about the wrestling. You can get Dermot in. Dermot's a big fan of Ric Flair. 
Yeah, he's a big fan of Ric Flair. There was someone else. Oh, I can't remember who else it was, but yeah. Yeah, it, he loves his 80s wrestling, that's for sure. Yeah. They um, can bring, bring back Jacko. Oh, gosh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, Raw sucked this week. Um, yeah, thumbs down. Don't even bother asking. <laughs> go to hell, Raw. Just, yeah. just go. Go away. Leave me alone. You're too painful. Oh, man. So, with that being said, Alex, where can the good humans find you? I'm not watching Raw. Um, at Fruity is Alex on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle on Instagram and Twitter. Search up Wrestling WrestlingOzStyle with an A-U-S on Facebook. And you can find Chris at... At I am Chris Funder. And you can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling WrestlingOzStyle archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn and... I keep thinking I'm forgetting one, but I don't think I am. I don't know. I'm very tired. Anyway, <laughs> no, nothing left to say, but g'day and we'll speak to you next time. Ah! <laughs> um, yeah. It's strawberry jam. <laughs> strawberry jam? Oh, man. Oh. Do yourselves a favour, just listen to us talking about Raw, don't watch it. <laughs>